anything combat with Johnny K. But it's anything combat though. Welcome back, combatants, to the Anything Combat Show, where we discuss everything mixed martial arts. Today, I'm joined by UFC bantamweight, former LFA champion. He's a beast, Miles Johns. How are you today, Miles? I'm doing well, man. How you doing? Good. I uh, we just before we started the podcast, everybody, we said that Miles trained three times today, and he called it something Martial Monday. What would you call it? Martial Arts Monday. Yeah, can you tell us about that? Uh, it's just, I mean, it's just something we do at the gym. Um, on Mondays, we just go extra hard. And so uh, I have practice in the morning where we're doing like an hour of drilling and then we do live goes. Then after that, I'm doing strength conditioning, working on power and explosion, and then uh, come back in the evening for another hour of drilling and then live goes after that. And uh, Coach Trey calls it Martial Arts Monday, just run another lap. You know, it's Martial Arts Marathon and uh, we just keep it going. My first question for you is about Adrian Yanez. Now, in my opinion, I think this is probably your best win because he went on a nine-fight win streak straight after. So you beat him. You beat him at a really interesting point in his career. Is this your best win, or would you consider another fighter um, better, like uh, your your better W? Would you consider it? Um, you know, I don't. I don't know if I'd call it my best win. Um. I mean, it was a good win, and I knew that over time, um, it would like its uh, credit. It would it would show its own. It would prove its own credit. You know what I mean? Because I knew how good of a fighter he was in, and how good of a fighter he is now. But I mean, I have other wins. I think uh, my two knockouts in the UFC I would, um, are arguably better wins. I mean, the opponents were they didn't go on nine fight uh, win streaks after, but it just kind of showed more of my potential and what I'm in there to do. So really, it's just every as I increase, um, go up in my career. You know, in the um, right now, I'm 13 and two. As that number on the left keeps raising, each win is gonna be my best win because I'm just climbing the ladder, uh, ladder higher and higher. So, yeah, you know, I'm uh, I'm just happy for any time I can get in there and get the dub. Sorry, bro. I can't always have perfect knowledge and perfect research. So, do you have a UFC fight booked? Um, yes, I do. September 23rd. Who are you fighting? Uh, Dan Argueta. Oh yes, you are. No, I've spoken to yeah. I've spoken to Dan. I'm gonna get an interview with him. What an absolute legend that guy is. Uh, he's a really good fighter, dude. Uh, can you tell mm-hmm. us what you think about his fight style and how you guys match up? Um, you know, honestly, I don't think there's much surprise when it comes to Dan. He's gonna get in there. He's gonna uh, get in your face, and he's gotta try to push the wrestling and the grappling. Um, I think it's a really good matchup for me. I think that. Um, well, I don't think. I know I've been wrestling my entire life. You know, I was a state champion in Kansas, five A. So when it comes to wrestling, I know how to keep people off my legs and I know how to um, wrestle when I want to wrestle. And um, and I'm comfortable on the ground with him too. You know, I, th- I think he is a good fighter. I think he's a good athlete. But I think I got him beat in a lot of different areas. And um, I'm, I'm excited for the matchup. I think it's an exciting fight. He's going to get in my face. I'm going to get in his face. It's going to be um, a fast pace, um, kind of crazy, you know, bantamweight banger. But, but I think uh, my skill set, my wrestling defense, wrestling offense, and boxing is really going to um, shine that night. So That's a crazy matchup as well. What an insane division the bantamweight division is right now. I want to ask you about a fighter in there. So there's one fighter that every single time he gets into a fight, he wears no damage. You can hit him 400 times and he won't take any damage. His name's Cheeto Vera. We just saw him beat Pedro. I want to ask you, why doesn't this dude take any damage why isn't any of the damage visible on him he got elbowed 23 times by Corey, and there was no cuts what's he made out of 
<laughs> you know, I'm not, I'm not sure why that is. Some people, they just, it's just like they got that gene, you know, but, um, yeah, he, he's a, he's a good fighter. I would love, uh, it's a, it is just an exciting time in the Bantamweight division, you know, I'm excited to see him and, um, Sean fight, you know, hopefully I think that'll probably be the one that makes sense. Marab and, um, Sanhagen are both injured right now. And cause of the history, I think, um, I, I have a lot of respect for Chido. I think he's super good. I think I hope he just gets a little more active in there. You know, I think that's uh, been his downfall in some of these. And um, Santa and kind of expose that. But yeah, I don't know. He doesn't. He doesn't wear much damage. That's for sure. Or wears Do it you well. Think, okay. Yeah, exactly. Do you think Sean O'Malley will be the person to? show that he can take damage like what do you think he can cut him open or knock him out or do you think that's impossible um no i don't i don't i don't think it's impossible any any human can go to sleep you know um yeah i think i think sean beats him at the in the rematch honestly what's your favorite holiday destination for something different favorite holiday destination yeah huh spring break um probably cancun Somewhere on the beach. Um, what can you tell us about Cancun? I've never been there. Where is that? You, oh, you never been to Cancun in Mexico? It's, Dude, uh, I'm 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 from Australia. I'm from the other side of the whole planet. Oh yeah, well Australia has some really nice beaches too. I'm sure. I'm sure you wouldn't be too impressed by Cancun if you went there. Obviously, honestly, <laughs> you fought. Uh, Mario Batista, and then he was scheduled for Cody, and then Cody unfortunately pulled out, and he fought uh, Damon uh, Blackshear, I believe. So, what do you th- what do you think about that performance by Mario? He's got such a long win streak in the bantamweight division right now, at like five or something, which it doesn't sound like much, but in the UFC right now, that's like that's like the third the third longest win streak out of anyone. So, do you do you see him cracking into the top fifteen? Or do you see him getting beaten right before it? Um, I see him cracking into the top fifteen. You know, I wasn't crazy impressed with his performance by uh, with Damon. Um, I thought that his wrestling looked good. I knew he could wrestle and stuff, but I thought that he could maybe let go of the hands a little bit more. Um, you know, I don't, I don't know if um, after that Trevin Jones loss, if that's done anything like made him uh, kind of question himself on the hands. But I mean, I knew when I was taking that fight that we were both future top fifteen guys. Um, the good thing, my two losses, him and, uh, John Castaneda, they're both, I, I realized and recognized that they were, um, both had bright futures in the, in the division, you know, so I'm happy to see Mario stacking up these wins. I'm happy to see John, um, getting a little win streak going and stuff now. So, um, yeah, I think he cracks in the top 15 and they're both better than me that night, but you know, MMA math, it doesn't just always work like that. So I'm not going to say that, um, I can't beat these dudes, but I'm always rooting for anybody that I fought to to do good and go out there and smash people, you know. Out of your whole career, what would you say is your favorite finish and why? Um, the Dos Santos finish. One, because it was um, there was a crowd there. It was in uh, Houston with fans. And like uh, getting a knockout like that in front of fans is just a whole different energy. And um, the second is I, I just felt the most free during that fight, you know, I felt, I felt like I was hitting my flow state and, um, fighting like I do in the practice in practice. And that's kind of been my thing, making sure that I can, or striving to get there every single fight. But that one, I definitely was, um, in the flow and feeling it. So getting that knockout was just, uh, yeah, I was, um, beyond words, you know, I'm going to ask you a bullshit question now. So what's your prediction for Logan Paul versus Dylan Dennis? And do you like Dylan? Do you think he's bringing something into the sport that other people are not? 
Uh, no, I don't. I don't think he is. I think he's. Uh, I think he's just trolling the sport. I think he's. Um, you know, I, I don't know the dude personally, but just uh, social media, he's he's looking for attention. You know, um, when, as far as that fight goes, honestly, my prediction is that it doesn't happen. You know, hopefully it does, but um, I don't. I don't know. It feels like something. It's just, it's just hard to. It's just hard to trust that. You know, and um, if it does happen, I don't know. I don't know. Paul Bros are good athletes, you know, and uh, we'll just have to see. What do you think about Diaz versus Jake in MMA? How do you see that going? Uh, I that's another one. Like, I really, it's really hard for me to picture them actually having an MMA fight. Like these guys, everybody talks a lot and um, and this and that, you know, and they'll they'll get these boxing fights going. But when it comes again, an MMA fight going, like you don't see that. You don't see these like celebrity and youtube mma fights you know i think i think that jake has been training if you're training well for it i mean diaz is getting he's getting older but still it's just it takes so long i feel like to to um be able to master mma to be able to like boxing you can learn that a little bit quicker and you can outbox a mma fighter maybe you know if you've been training for a while but to but to outfight an mma fighter it's just a different story so that's part of the reason why I think these guys know that. And I think that's why you don't see these celebrity um, MMA fights. It's always, it's always a boxing fight for like nine rounds, you know, with those big gloves on. So if we if it happens, I'll be surprised. And uh, But hopefully it does. Hopefully we'll start seeing more of those. Miles, what's your family's cultural background? Uh, my mom is Mexican and my dad is um, African-American. Beautiful. Uh, what does it mean to you to be a dad? Uh, it means everything, you know, I mean, it's just like, uh, it's, it's like, it's like them to my entire purpose now, you know what I mean? Be a good husband, be a good father. Um, yeah, I love my boys and I'm realizing that you just, uh, you love them more and more each day. It's crazy. You think you, you think you love them with everything you have more than you ever loved anything, but as the days go on, the uh, bond gets uh, stronger and stronger. So I'm excited for the future with that for sure. Can you run us through your experience on the Dana White Contender Series? What was that like getting the win and then getting the contract? Uh, well, four month, four weeks before that fight, I actually like slightly tore my groin. So I was, um, I wasn't sidelined, but my training had to be, I had to like mix my training around so much. Like my teammate was throwing a single leg on me because I thought that um, the guy was going to wrestle, Richie was going to wrestle. And I couldn't even like it hurt when he just picked up my leg. So um, pretty much the training camp was, for that was just working with my strength conditioning coach at the time, uh, Mike Scacia, and just like in there all the time doing things to try to strengthen my growing, strengthen my growing. That was pretty much the whole camp. And um, when I went in that fight, I tore it in the second round. I completely tore it off from the bone um, in the second round. And um, that was the reason why my uh, tank dumped so much. So my experience in the actual fight was just like, it was really just chaos. Like I remember landing hard shots, dropping him, thinking, man, what's it going to take to get this dude out of here and being completely exhausted. Um, like I said, Mike Scacia was my strength conditioning coach. And I went to the corner after the second round, I was breathing, gasping. Coach was like, uh, uh, coach was like, look at me, you're not fucking tired, you're not fucking tired. I can hear my teammate uh, Ramez in the crowd like, Scacia, bro, think about Scacia. But I was like, I've, I've tried, but I am exhausted. And I didn't realize why I was until after when I realized that I completely tore my groin. The groin is three muscles. 
Like the two on the outside, one in the middle, the one in the middle completely tore off the bone. So just that adrenaline, I think just the adrenaline and everything from that came out. It didn't, I didn't feel it in there, but it came out in my gas tank being completely depleted, just trying to cover that up, you know? Um, so it was, it was just a crazy fun experience. Uh, um, a fight that I definitely remember being more tired than I ever was in my life. And um, after that made the victory a little sweeter, you know, getting the contract, it was like, you went, I went through, I went through a lot to get that. And then afterwards I had to do a bunch of rehab and stuff like that, obviously. But yeah, the experience on there was just a bunch of chaos filled with like a bunch of relief and a bunch of joy knowing that like years and years of hard work and then one super hard fight. And now, now I'm in the big show still here today. Still plan on being here for many more years. I've got a hypothetical for you now. So Max Holloway, as we saw, did an amazing performance against Korean Zombie. He's like, I think, 18-0 and zero or something at featherweight when he doesn't fight uh, Alexander Volkanovsky and eliminating um, the start of his featherweight um, like career in the UFC. So what do you think about him moving to lightweight uh, to fight someone like Gaethje, Oliveira 2, and then uh, Dustin 3? What do, you, what do you think about those matchups? I think Max Holloway is at the point in his career where he can move anywhere he wants and, and make a fight and everybody will be watching. You know, I mean the dude is a staple, he's a legend. And you know what you're gonna get with Max, you're gonna get you're gonna get a dog fight. You're gonna get a beautiful performance that, that people wanna tune into and watch, you know. And um I'm yeah, he's he's honestly one of my favorite fighters and uh yeah, he's just at that place that that dream place that people wanna get to where Anytime you fight, it's a big fight, and people are going to be watching. They can make whatever match they want with him, I feel like. How'd you get the nickname Chapo? Um, it's actually uh, means uh, shorty in Spanish. And so, believe it or not, I've been short my whole life and uh, got it when I was in, like, first grade, and it just, it just stuck with me forever. How's the team uh, Marathon MMA helped you through your journey? Man, they've... They've changed my game so much. You know, I feel like I learned I learned to fight um, at Fortis at 10 years there, and I learned how to – I learned um, what it was like to be in a dog fight and how to come out on the other side, the good side of that, and just the just the grit at Fortis. And now Marathon, I'm just sharpening up all my tools. Like, my ground game, I feel like I have uh, so many steps, so many things that I want – that I know I can go to to where I'm not getting as tired as not taking so much energy, so many – um, ways to get up, different ways to get up from side control. If they do this, if they do that, different ways to get out of mount, um, take the back, get out of the back, just, just a ton. I feel like it's, uh, it's really helping my technique and that's going to take my, that's going to pay dividends in the cage. I believe when I looked at your UFC stats, it said that you had a 92% takedown defense rate, which is a ridiculous <laughs> stat for uh bantamweight right now. How did you do this? Uh, I mean, wrestling before MMA, wrestling was my passion. You know, I put in so much work wrestling, so many hours with my team and also by myself, um, you know, so I've been wrestling for a long time. So <laughs> you're going to have a, and uh, I have a shorter stature, so I like lower center of gravity. You're just, you're going to have a hard time taking me down um, over and over again, you know. I saw that edit on your Instagram. I don't know who made it. I think a guy named like Triller or something made it. I don't know yeah. who it was. Um, when you saw that, did you laugh? Did you find that funny? Yeah, I found it hilarious. Me and my wife watched it a million times. My kid, my kids actually love to watch it. They said, let me see. You. Can we see you turn that guy to coins? Can you turn the coins? <laughs> yeah, they, they laugh out of it. 
can I have your prediction for Oliveira versus Makachev too? Hmm. Uh, I want to go with Oliveira. I want to believe that um, Volkanovski kind of humanized Makachev. That he's um, showed that he's not like some superhero that's immortal and that he can be beat. And I think that Oliveira could realize that and then get that. I mean, if Char- if Charles shows up, then he shows up, and I don't know if anybody in the world can beat him. But sometimes he shows up like he did last time with Makachev to where he's almost a little bit defeated before the fight even starts. So it's just going to be the Charles that shows up. If he show if he can come back and realize that oh, that Makachev can be beat and he can get in that like that zone, Charles, then I think uh, Dubronx gets it done. Bro, you hit like a brick in Bantamweight. Your build's like a brick at Bantamweight. What if you moved up to Featherweight and you became a bigger brick? How do you think uh, that goes? I think that could be in the future. It's not, uh, you know, not maybe not in the near future. I'll probably get top 15 at Bantamweight. I'll probably try to get to where I'm like a Drew Dober status where people, they're going to want to tune in anytime I fight, you know what I'm saying, get a little bigger name. And then I would love to be able to eat a little bit more, lift a little bit harder and uh, fight at featherweight. The only thing is, like, those guys are freaking tall. Like, Max, I mean, like, six foot, long, long reaches. So that's uh, that's the only thing. I don't have super long arms. But Taporia's doing it. Uh, Volk's doing it. He has a freaking crazy arm span. But, yeah. What do you think about Umar Namagomedov in your division right now? Uh, do you see him collecting the belt? Or do you think that someone near the top of the division, the top five, someone might... Um, like um beat him you know i don't I don't know i think there's a question mark still by his name you know not many people have won he hasn't got a ton of fights or he i don't he hasn't fought anybody in the top 15 yet i don't think um you know so i think there's just that question mark there and i think uh we'll find out soon he's good i mean his his kicks the way he gets his leg up there it's like freaky fast like um he definitely has some attributes but i don't know we'll see Who's a top 15 fighter that you think you match up well against right now that you could beat? Mm. Good question. I haven't really been even paying attention. Who Do you know who is 15 and 14 and 13? I can get the division up for you. Hold on. It says here that at Bantamweight, 15 is Chris Gutierrez, 14 is Adrian Yanez, 13 is Jonathan Martinez. Mm. Um, I do believe I match up good with Chris Gutierrez. He's been on, um, he's really hit a stride in there. You know, he's a, a crazy good striker. But I mean, you saw guys like Cody Durden um, get him down in the first round and stay on his back and stuff. Um, I think, I mean, honestly, with those guys, he's very similar to Jonathan Martinez. Giannis and Martinez is a is a super good fight. Um, Martinez, Martinez is good. You know, he's he's nasty. So all those guys up there, I think they're hard fights. But I feel like I can fight. Those, those dudes were all at the same level I was at a time. They've hit their stride a little bit different um, while they're in the UFC, but I plan on hitting mine here in the in this next year, starting with this next fight. And um, they're at the local scene at the same level I was. I mean, obviously, I beat Giannis. Chris was somebody I was always kind of looking through at the octagon, but ne- and it never ended up working out for us to actually fight. But I'm up there with those guys, so I think a couple more fights, a little more experience in there, and... Um, yeah, I can beat any of them. Or I mean, I've I've always thought Rob Font would be stylistically a good fight for me because I like to get.
get in the pocket and do some real tight boxing. And I love to throw down with him like that. I don't think, um, I mean, I got, I got a lot of power behind my punch. So I think when I get in the top 15, one difference with me is that I can put your lights out at any given moment, you know, so it, ta- it takes that land in one and yeah, we'll see, we'll see what's up. Dude, uh, I'm an analyst. I look at data. I love data. In the Bantamweight division, dude, that whole division is basically just like South America. If you really think about it, like everybody in there is just either Mexican and then you got Cheeto representing Ecuador. Aljo counts because he's Jamaica. And then you've got Rob. I think he's, uh, is he Puerto Rican? Is, 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 mm-hmm. is, what's Rob? Yeah. Yeah, dude. So like you're following the trend. If you're Mexican, you could be the next South American bantamweight champ. What do you think about, what do you think about that trend in that division? Like, like I look at everything. So what do you think about that? I think, um, a lot of that in the, in South America, there's just a fighting spirit that, that comes out of that, that region, that area, you know, of the world. And so, um, yeah, being, being black skin, I mean, there's a, there's a lot of good, uh, mixes out there and stuff, but I think, I think I got the best mix. I think that least that's the juice, you know? So, so <laughs> what happens? Um, got the, Aztec, got the Aztec warrior and the, and the African warrior side, you know? Yeah. I love that. Who's your favorite fighter? Uh, Volk Alexander. Why do you like Volk so much? I just, uh, I think he's the most professional and I think, I think he's just like, uh, just a grown man, you know, it, it makes it, he makes it seem like he's just like a freaking man. And some of these dudes are, are just children. You know, I just love the way, I love the way he carries himself. And so if I wanted to emulate something in the future, how to carry yourself, it, well, I'd be emulating him, you know, and he, he fights to, he fights to win. He's a great performer. Dude, I'm telling you right now. Um, I didn't see it that way. Like I'm looking at your insight and that's completely different to how I saw it because when I saw Volk, I just thought like, this is like every Australian person like I've ever met because they're oh. like, they're all like that. They're all like oh, yeah. that. So I was like, um, a question I have for you is, do you think that Aljo was too hated as a champ? No, but I do, th- <laughs> I, I do think that I, um, Aljo was like bullied a little bit into this fight. Um, I don't know if I'd say bullied, but I feel like he just rushed it, you know, like uh, after the whole neck things going on and then how hard he trained for Cejudo, you could tell that he really put his life into that camp. I, and this one came right after that pretty much with how much weight he cuts and stuff. I don't know. I just don't feel like, um, I don't feel like it was a smart thing for him to take that so, so quickly, you know, I'm not saying that the result would be any different. Um, Sean, I mean, it, that was obviously a game planned, you know, and he, and even if Aljo had his best camp in the world, he could have maybe done that. But, um, no, I think, I think he was a good champion and, um, Sean's good, but really, uh, being honest, if with like sugar is the champ, it, it feels like it's a wide open division. You, you never know. You never know what could happen. That bill could be getting passed around, um, for a while until they found somebody that's just completely dominant over. Like I, I could easily see Marab beating Sugar and then Marab losing to somebody else. And then like, we'll see what happens. One thing that really pissed me off was the fact that they kept on saying something like Aljo was the goat of Bantamite. Like, like what is wrong with these fucking people? Like, did they forget that Dominic Cruz like held the WEC belt for forever and then proceeded to hold the UFC belt forever, like win it two times. And then, and then took, took like, 
I believe he took seven years of his prime career off because of knee injury. Seven years where the fights, dude. So, mm-hmm. so that's 14 fights, basically, that Dom wasn't fighting. Like, yeah. what is wrong with these people? Why are they so short-sighted? Uh, I think people just remember what happened most recently. I think that be, I think that Aljo beating Cejudo, beating Dillashaw, beating Sanhagen, beating all these guys who seem like greats, like Dillashaw. I mean, he what he wasn't the great. I mean, I I don't know. I think they just remember what's happened uh, most recently, and that's you know that's why once these guys beat them, then the people call him the goat so quick. What do you think about Aljo moving up to Featherway? That that uh, matchup, they're, they're kind of in a state of limbo, both of them. Holloway at 145 and Aljo at 135. They're in a weird predicament because I don't think that the UFC wants to do that rematch with Sugar. And Holloway, as I said, has um, he, can't, he can't have a fourth fight with Volk after losing to him three times until he really, really proves himself. So what do you think about that matchup, Aljo versus Holloway at 145? Um, I don't like that matchup for Aljo. I think that's a bad matchup for Aljo, but yeah, that's my opinion. I've got another question about uh, Piotr Yan. So he hasn't had um, a lot of success as of late, but I still think he's really good. Do you think that he will get to the championship fight again? No, I don't think he'll get to the championship fight again, but um, but I do think he'll be in that floating around in that top five for a couple for some more years so let's say in a hypothetical universe the ufc comes out and says steroids are allowed peds are allowed right we're going back to how it was back in like the 80s and the 90s let's say you got juiced to the gills and you got massive how would you perform in the top 15 are you beating everyone i'm putting everybody to sleep (laughs) it felt like i got the same power if i was on if i was juiced up I mean, yeah, I'd be touching people and putting the lights out. That's all we have time for, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much, Miles, for coming on the show. Is there any final remarks that you want to say to the fans at home as we wrap up the podcast? Uh, nope, I got nothing. I'm Just follow me on Instagram, Miles Triple Jones. Follow Miles on Instagram, link in the description, and subscribe to Anything Combat on YouTube. See you guys next time. Bye-bye. All right.